This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MBFC First Single Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and joining me today is the new head football coach at Youngstown State, Doug Phillips. Coach, how are you? I'm doing uh, great under the circumstances. You know, you got to find ways to thrive through adversity. And as a first-year head coach going through coronavirus and quarantine, it's been uh, interesting. Yeah, inter- interesting, no doubt. Um, certainly memorable uh, the first six weeks you've had on the job uh, in more ways than one. How are you embracing this temporary new normal with coronavirus right now, essentially altering how all of us do our jobs? You know, you had to, you know, you always go in with a plan and, you know, any great plan, you better be ready to adjust. So, you know, fortunately, we we had a few days before um you know, we, we went into a quarantine, so we had a good plan with our coaches. And, you know, now we're just adjusting that plan a little bit, but we're executing. And, you know, I get to sit in and listen to linebacker meetings uh, that are being done, you know, through Zoom or through Microsoft 365. And, you know, so you're finding ways to adjust just to maybe continue to build those relationships that we started the, the six weeks prior. You you alluded to it just now a little bit, but wh- what does the day-to-day communication look like right now with not only your coaches, but your players? You know, the one thing I try to do is every uh, morning, you know, me personally is, um, you know, I try to send out a message, you know, when they come back on campus, what do I want them to know? What do I want them to, you know, get a good feel with and, you know, just checking in on them. Uh, my coaches, you know, we, we work by unit. So my running back coach, you know, every day I want him checking in with our running backs to first make sure that they're healthy and that they're safe, uh, making sure that they check in with their academic people. Um, you know, throughout the day, you know, that's probably from eight to 10 that you're checking in on players. And then every day I try to change up what unit that I FaceTime. Uh, you know, so today I'm going to FaceTime all the linebackers. Uh, yesterday I, I, I FaceTimed the, the, the safeties and, and the kickers, the specialists. So I try to do that each day. And then, you know, from 10 to 12, we tell our coaches, you know, that's a good time for you to get recruiting. And what I mean by recruiting, evaluating film, you know, getting on the phone with, uh, high school coaches. You know, everyone's at home right now. So you can, everyone's pretty accessible. Uh, so reaching out there and then from 12 to 2, you know, work on some football, prepare your lessons to get ready that, you know, a couple of days a week. And I, I want kids to, you know, come back a little bit hungry. But if you can twice a week get a, get with your kids and, you know, talk football with them for 20 to 30 minutes twice a week, I, I think that's great. You started your coaching career at Youngstown State under Jim Trestle back in 1991. And now it's almost 30 years later and you're back here as the head coach. How full circle of a journey has it been for you? Oh, I mean, it's humbling and grateful. Five years ago, you know, this, you know, my, I think my journey is a little bit different than I, I think most. Uh, college head football coaches just in the fact that, you know, I, I stepped out of it for a while and was in the educational field. And, you know, whether it was a middle school principal, high school principal, and even a superintendent of schools, 
for a bit. So to think, you know, that, that you're back where it all started and you're back into something that you have great passion for. I, I feel blessed and I feel grateful and to be able to come back where it all started. Uh, every day, you know, I jump out of bed and excited to go to work. Did you ever imagine that you would be in the situation that you're in right now? Well, you know, in 10th grade, I wrote a paper and, you know, I came down and I wanted to be a head football coach. And I came down to Youngstown State and I think I interviewed like the offensive coordinator at the time or any coach they could pull <laughs> for a high school student to write a paper. So I, I think growing up, it, it's always been a goal of mine, um, you know, but I was at a point in my life where, you know, sometimes you'd never think the grass is greener and you got to lock in to the job you're doing right now. So when I was at Cincinnati. You know, I, I was, I loved serving, uh, University of Cincinnati and Luke Fickle and never really thought about, uh, leaving, you know, focused on the job at hand. And, uh, when the opportunity came at Youngstown State, sometimes those opportunities, you know, they come and the next thing you know, you're living back in Youngstown, Ohio, and you're the head football coach. You were introduced uh, on February 8th as the new head football coach of Youngstown State. And what have been your biggest priorities over the last six weeks? You know, number one, I wanted to meet with every player, you know, we and, and build a relationship. So that first week, I, I made sure I brought every player in and sat them across from me. You know, we, we sat at a, you know, a chair across from me, not at my desk, but just at a chair and just got to know them, you know, what makes them tick, you know. I want to know where they came from, you know, where they are right now, where their mindset is. Um, the next thing, and 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 I believe this is important in Youngstown. You know, we we got to put people in the stands, and so the next very important thing to me was connecting to the community. Uh, winning football games is enough in today's world that you got to connect with the city and with the community that that you're working. So going out and meeting as many people as I could. Uh, was a priority, you know, to shake as many hands as I can back then. Probably never will shake again, but you know, um, <laughs> you know, just getting out and because I, I want people to connect to Youngstown State, I want them to feel this is their team, and you got to make them feel that it is their team. And so, getting out in the community was very important. And then the third thing that I think is the most important for the kids is surrounding myself with great people and going out and hiring the very best staff um, to help these young men develop not only as student athletes, but football players on the field. Uh, so that was the three things that I probably focused on my first three weeks uh, when I took the job. When you talk about connecting, especially with the community, how much of a difference do you think it makes? You know, you you grew up in the Mahoning Valley and you know the culture there and you know that, you know, the, the blue collar work ethic and people that make up that area. So how has that helped you relate um, and, and develop that connection even more? I think just working in the valley and whether it was as a head high school coach, which I did for nine years. Um, so the high school head coaches that, you know, I've known for a very long time, um, even working in the school systems that, that I, I worked in. So, you know, people just want to see that you care. You know, that's first and foremost. Do you care about the kids you, that, that, that you're working with? Um, and then having, you know, wanting them to feel like, you know what, come down, see us, visit us. Uh, the door's always open. We didn't get a chance to have spring football, but to have that open to the community, to have that open to 
uh, area high school coaches to have that open to former players. I think all those groups that you got to constant, you know, be reaching out. So, you know, more so maybe here than, than anywhere, because I do think that's one of the most important things we need to do here in the Valley. This is normally about the time you would be in spring football and it'd be going in full force and fans would get a chance to see your offense and defense and what it's going to look like, you know, without, without giving too much away, what can you tell us about the, the base offense and defense you plan to utilize and, you know, what style of play you want to employ? Well, I know, you know, first it's got to start up front. You know, if you look at teams that have been successful and you look at when Youngstown State was winning national titles in the 90s and the North Dakota States right now is you, you got to win up front. So you got to, you got to be an O-line, D-line driven program. You got to be physical. You got to be tough. You got to develop those guys a little different in, in the off season. So that's first and foremost. When it comes to the type of schemes and the offense, you know, and I know everyone uses the word multiple, but in why you do that is, you know, I don't want a scheme that players have to fit into, you know, so for us and the most difficult thing now is, you know, we want to see what our players can do, which obviously is tough right now. You know, we can watch practice from last year. We can watch games from last year, but what can our players do? You know, as it comes down to players, plays, formations, and, you know, finding out what your players can do. You know, Coach Truss always told me, I think he's played in nine national championship games as a as a head coach, and he's done it with seven different quarterbacks, which means every year you got to first find out what, what can your quarterback do first and foremost, and trying to put plays, formations around what they can do successfully. So we got a tough task just because spring ball is not here. So our coaches, I'm, I'm challenging them to really go back and dig deep into, you know, whether it was spring ball last year where the starting quarterback wasn't practicing and you can really watch the two and three who we're going to utilize this year or going back to the high school tapes and seeing what our kids can do. And, you know, we're going to be multiple. And what I mean by multiple, you got to be able to, you know, on offense, play with one tight end, play with two tight ends, play with three tight ends, you know, defensively be able to play with four down two, three down and yeah. finding ways that you can succeed. You said during your introductory press conference that you have to be different than other teams that you're going to play. Um, and, and so obviously in the Valley, you know, you, you just said, you know, the winning the battle up front, you know, having a good running game, those are all things um, that all the, the top tier teams in the conference have. But what are the biggest ways otherwise that you your team is going to be different than the other Valley teams? I think you got to assess where you are right now, whether it's in the strength and conditioning program and what you're doing. You know, football games are one. They always say in February, in January, February, March, April in the, in the weight room and, you know, assessing what we're doing in, in the weight program to even to the development of football players. You know, for me, I, I'm, I preach it's an O-line driven program, an O-line D-line driven program. Well, I, I got to put an emphasis in that. How do I do that is, you know, I hired two offensive line coaches. Yeah, we can say one's a tight end coach, but for me to be able to have two O-line coaches that can develop young men into great blockers, into finishing blocks and pass pro and that toughness that it takes, the mental side of it, a lot of it's mental. You know, we're, we're able to do mat drills for four, you know, we got four mat drills in before all this went down 
and just working on the toughness standpoint because in football it's about toughness. In the third and fourth quarter when the game's close, one team's going in one direction, the other team's going in the other, and it's sometimes not all about physical toughness. It's about the mental toughness and how to deal with adversity. So I think this where we're at right now with the coronavirus is how are we going to respond? You know, human beings either quit, they cope, make excuses, or they thrive. And even through this quarantine, I hope that we're we're thriving as a program. What's your philosophy on scheduling in the non-conference? Non-conference is, you know, I I believe you got to test yourself. Um, you know, I believe you got to have a marquee game within that. I mean, a marquee game is, you know, playing. I know a couple years ago when they played Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh and you know, I know, I know when we're done at Cincinnati and, you know, coach, I know, uh, they reached out and wanted to schedule Cincinnati. And at that time, you know, our, our schedule was full down there, but, you know, looking for games like that, I don't think, I think those are all good games to find that. Plus, I do believe in the league we play at, it's proven if you can be the top three teams in your league, you know, you can get into the playoffs and you have a chance to win a national title. So you also got to set yourself up for, strong league play. So I think one strong marquee game and then, you know, you got to look for ways of making sure you're prepared so when that league play starts, you can you can be successful. One thing I find so fascinating about the journey that you've had and and you mentioned it is that, you know, you you were out of football for over 6 years and you know, you you yeah. worked as a school administrator both at the the middle school level um and then in the high school ranks as a principal and superintendent. So what what made you want to get back into coaching college football? I think that it, you know, it goes back to when you're 8 years old and 10 years old and that you've always had a passion and you know, I was sitting there one day and, you know, for me, it's never been about where, but with whom. So the with whom hit part has really played a huge role in my life. And what I mean by that is any job I've taken, I, I'm not one that just jumped from job to job. It was always the person I was serving and who that was, you know, Coach Tressel, I've worked for him. This is my third time. You know, when I was in education, I worked for a superintendent principal. I worked for him at two different schools, but it was that person. When I went back to Iowa State, it was because of my friendship with Matt Campbell. When I got hired at Cincinnati, it was my friendship with Luke Fickle. So the with whom part always played a role. And when I was sitting there as a superintendent and the opportunity came to go to Iowa State, it goes back to being a child. And, you know, what did you dream of? What did you aspire to be? And, you know, I, I, I loved education. I wouldn't change the path I have taken. But to be a football coach has always been my number one passion and to have an opportunity to get back, which many can't get back once they walk away. Um, you know, I went running for it. Because you spent uh, a long time in the high school, not only the administrative ranks, but the, the high school football ranks. How are those experiences benefiting you now at the college level? Just because you, you know that level so well, too. I think well-rounded. I think sitting at, you know, any time where you're doing something from the other side, what I mean by the other side is, you know, we recruit high school, you know, so to sit and be able to relate to teachers and parents and, and student athletes, you know, that look to get to the next level. I think all those experiences have made me just more well-rounded, you know, than just, you know, maybe just sitting and being a football coach for 30 years. So again, those experiences now I know have made me who I am 
And, you know, hopefully that has helped me, you know, be a leader of young men a lot better. You know, that I see a bigger picture to it than just a narrow, you know, the development of the whole person instead of just, you know, one-sided, whether it's just football, you know, that we got to help young men develop into uh, good leaders of their community, into good parents, into good husbands. Um, so I think that's where the educational piece, I, I think, has strengthened those skills. You've had the opportunity in your career to, to coach in three national championship games, uh, both at the, the FBS and the FCS level. And what did you value most from those experiences? Just, the, I guess, the journey. You know, the, the, the old saying, the journey's the destination, what it took to get to those games and how tough and how hard. I mean, it's hard winning college football games. We, we've said this for the last three years, even at Cincinnati, where we won 22 games and two, it's hard, you, you know, and, and when you see the end result, nobody realizes how hard that is. And, you know, I go back to 1991 and, you know, the Penguins were sitting four and three going to Georgia Southern. And if they lose one more game, it's over. Season's over. And to be able to go down to Georgia Southern and beat a team that I think at that time won 40 or 50 straight games at home and to go down at four and three and beat them, people don't remember that. They remember you're the 1991 national champions. They don't remember the ups and downs of that season to get to that point and even go down and beat Georgia Southern and then to continue that winning and beat, you know, uh, Marshall in the national championship game. So those are the things, just those, the journey that got you those things. Sometimes people don't always look at, which they don't, they just see the end result. You see Cincinnati won another 11 games this year, but they don't know the struggles that it just took to be successful on that field. I had a chance to to reach out to Jim Trussell. He said to ask you about um, how much popcorn you popped and sold during your younger oh, days geez. at Stanbaugh Stadium. <laughs> so no, what's, right, the, now, what's the backstory behind that? I, I'm going to tell you what it is. See, again, I, I've had a lot of roles. A lot of things aren't on my resume, you know, that, that you see. You see the main points of my resume. You know, people don't know I had my I could drive a school bus. That's not on my resume. Well, oh really? Yeah, oh. I can. And for two years, uh, I uh, ran concessions at Stanball Stadium. You know, Coach Tressel was the head really? coach in AD, and uh, I was at a high school teaching and coaching. And he's like, "Doug, can can you come back and just?" So I know that if you have a crowd of twenty thousand, you should make twenty thousand. You should make a dollar per per person in the stadium and you had a great successful day in concession so uh popping popcorn i made it a family affair and uh my parents would show up and be in the midsection and they would start probably eight hours before any type of event and pop all the popcorn so that it would go to every concession stand you know and so when i when i i got a little emotional on my thing because both my parents are deceased and but, you know, coming back here and just realizing, you know, some of the time you put into it, even running concessions, popping popcorn. And I, I know my parents did that long after I stopped running concessions here, uh, just because for them, it was an event to come down here. They had a connection to Youngstown State. And, and those are the connections that I'm talking about, you know, that people have great pride in, in this university, great pride in their football program, that they want to be here. They want to be a part of it. So. 
I, I know my popcorn. I know my yeah. concessions too. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And I mean, what, what incredible perspective that gives you too, especially now in your current role, just having known, you know, wh- what you were doing at one point long ago to, to now. Oh yeah. You can say, you know, as the jack of all trades and, you know, and I remember coach telling me that one time when I was about 23 years old. You know, I, I had to be an expert. No, don't be a jack of all trades, be an expert. So I, I hope now that through those experiences, I just hope that, you know, to me, being a great leader, you know, what does that mean? That means serving. So I, I hope that I'm a good servant, you know, not only to my players, but to this university and to the Valley as a whole. What are some of the other major lessons that, that you learned from Jim Trussell during what, I guess what's now your, your third coaching stint with him? It is, uh, you know, and how, how I even got here was at a, I was at a graduation party and I was sitting with Kelly and this, I, I mean, I'm in college. I'm at a graduation party of friends and there's this guy with a crooked hat on and he starts talking to me as I'm eating, uh, spaghetti and, you know, says, what do you do? And I'm in college and, you know, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a coach. A coach. Well, why don't you go and coach camps at YSU? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. I, I said, I don't know how to get in to being able to do that. And the guy's name was Ken Canatzer, who was the associate head coach for Jim Tressel. And I always remember that day because really that was my first step, you know, because I started then to come back from college and volunteer and work football camps in the summer at the time. So. Um, but when I look back in, in the influences you had, it, it starts when you're young and pe- names people don't know, but the, the coaches I had in high school and then, you know, the steps along uh, Ken Kanatzer, who still to this day will come in this office now. In fact, he dropped off a book on leadership in the mailbox at my house, uh, this week. Really? And, yeah. Wow. And, you know, and, That's and awesome. so, you know, there's, there's people like that. And then as you get going, um, you know, and, and at Youngstown State, the, you know, the Jim Haycox, who I had a chance to work with. And that's how I first met Luke, uh, was at, at, at Ohio State. Uh, John Haycock, when I was at Youngstown State, I was John Haycock's, uh, GA. And then going to Iowa State that first year in 2016, the one year I was there, you know, John was moving his family. So me and him were roommates for a year until he built his house. You know, John's done a great job as the defensive coordinator at Iowa State. You know, Matt Campbell, what people don't realize, you know, when we talk about relationships, this is how crazy world is. You know, I was a head high school coach at Salem, Ohio, and a young Matt Campbell was student teaching in my building. And the principal who went to Maslin Perry said, hey, Doug, there's a young man I want to introduce you to, and it was Matt Campbell. And years later, we coached together at Bowling Green. Just crazy. I mean, that, you know, those is just crazy circumstances. And when people ask you, you know, how do you get places? Well, you know what? You meet people and you hope you make great first impressions. You hope when you work with them that you work hard and that they trust you. And those things sometimes come back. So, you know, when Matt got that opportunity to go to Iowa State, you know, he made a phone call and offered me a job. Relationships in life and that journey. Again, people see how you get somewhere, but it's that journey that is the uh, interesting part. And you've 
not only with what we're talking about right now, but you've talked in other conversations publicly just about the importance of relationships and obviously how they've played out in your life and your career. And so what advice would you have to college students out there about the best way to go about building relationships? Because clearly you're a, a perfect model of, of somebody that's taken full advantage of relationships. I think having a strong work ethics, first foremost, I think when you get into an organization, don't always be trying to look for what's the next best, you know, that you, you stay grounded, that, you know, the grass isn't greener. I know I made a lot of changes and, you, you know, even when I was a superintendent, here, here's a story, a short one, but I'm a superintendent and I leave December 28th. And, you know, the one thing I did, though, is I wrote every I wrote a personal Christmas card for the 350 employees in that district that I handed out. I tried to hand out personally to each one, whether you're a bus driver, you're a cook, you're 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 a janitor. And I did that around December 16th. And when I left uh, and people bust my chops because I only spent seven months there, I said, you know, I was not I wasn't looking the next job where I would never written 300, you know, meaning, you know, I was there to build relationships and sometimes things happen and they, they happen in weird things. Maybe that was meant to be because in the position I'm sitting now. So I just tell you, I'm focusing on where you're at, be a great listener. You know, it's not about always talking. I I could, I I think even building my relationship with uh, Matt Campbell or even Luke, you know, that I was a good sounding board. You know, I don't have all the answers. I certainly don't have all the answers. But the one thing I, I tried to be is a, was a good listener, too. And I think you got to do that with your young men on your team, too. So um, just a work ethic. Don't look beyond where you're at and be a great listener. Speaking of Matt Campbell at Iowa State and Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, when you took the job at Youngstown State, what advice did did they both have for you about running a college football program? Probably both of them simultaneously. Both said, "Just be who you are. Nobody else. You know, you're you're going to be able to handle. You're trained to do these jobs just like they were." And I think through their experiences, they learned to be comfortable for who. They are. Don't try to be somebody you're not. And, you know, I tried to do that even in the interview process. I'm like, cause I was, I'm, I was happy. I mean, I, I had a great life going and, you know, I really loved where I was. And I said, if I go in this interview, you got to go in and be who you are. And if it's the right place at the right time, then it, then it's meant to be. So I even went in there and, you know, I tried to be, you know, funny and be able to carry a conversation just. You know, like you're sitting at a uh, breakfast diner and, and carrying that conversation you're with with people across the table from you. So I think that was first for just, you know, and then hire the very best people you can. I think in today's world, you can't do it alone. You know, you got to have core people. I, I think Luke, you know, I think Matt had that when he went to Iowa State. You know, I wasn't that, that core. You know, he had that core that he built up at Toledo. I think when Luke took the Cincinnati job, I was part of that core. Me and Marcus Freeman were the first at his press conference, and we started working that night in his basement for the next two weeks while he coached at Ohio State in the playoffs. So, you know, you got to surround yourself with good people, whether it's your core people extenuating out to your support staff. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think is important that people know about you? 
Gosh, you knew I could drive a bus. I pop popcorn and everything. You've really hit every <laughs> every mark, Kelly. I I don't know any other part of me, uh, you know that 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 we could share. Well, Coach, I you know I really appreciate the time, uh, especially under some challenging circumstances. But I, I'm looking forward to to college football resuming, hopefully sooner than later, and and look forward to the chance to to meet you in person this fall. Yeah, me too, Kelly. Anytime, you know, feel free. Give us a call. And, uh, you know, we, again, I, I sent out a message to our kids. We get every day, we have a chance to get better, 1% better. And, you know, we're going to use this time. Even today's message to them was, this is a good time to self-reflect, you know, and, and, and assess, you know, where you come from, where you are, and how do you need to get to the next level. And, you know, our whole thing is based on effort right now. So, you know, how do you become a play hard football player? So, you know, at home, I, I, I hope today that they're thinking about that. And, you know, next week brings a new challenge for us. And, you know, like I said, through adversity, you got to find a way to thrive and make yourself better. So I hope our program comes out of this uh, stronger than ever. Absolutely. No, I, I think, um, you know, I think this is as, as challenging as a time this is in our country, I think it's also a time of opportunity. And I'm really interested to see, I think, a lot of those college football programs that are really going to excel in the fall are going to be programs where, you know, especially the players um, had to figure out ways to sort of self-motivate right now in these times where you don't have access to the normal training and the, the you know, getting to see your coaches in person and that sort of thing. So you have to figure out ways to be able to give yourself an edge and to stay sharp um, through all the, the ups and downs. Yeah, without question. And it's we had to change just like parents are adjusting to kids being home and learning online. And, you know, I think as coaches, it'll make us better coaches. You know, the one thing I probably didn't stress enough is that in life, you're, you're never, you know, you got to strive to keep becoming better, better as a teacher, better as an administrator, better as a leader. And right now, I th even think coaching has changed a little bit that, you know, technology, there's so many forms. You know, I had to learn today how to get through this technology, you know, to talk to you. But there's so many <laughs> right? different formats right now. And, you know, it, but again, it, it's changing. I think this will forever change a little bit about what we do and how we do it. And uh, to be able to adjust and still be able to teach and be able to connect with students uh, mobily or, you know, being in a quarantine, I think it will we'll be a different, a little bit different America when we come out of this. No doubt. Yeah, no. You, and you, you didn't necessarily know this morning that you were going to get thrown a curveball by me with all the, the technology stuff. So. No, it's just there's so many different apps on my phone. I mean, I, I like I said, I got so many different things that you're working through and each one is unique in its own. But again, that's what, you know, you learn and you adapt to it. And sometimes it's not perfect. Sometimes, guess what? There's going to be mistakes. And guess what? You correct it. You change it. You know, I go into, you know, a position meeting now from home and I'm hearing it. You know, it takes a good five minutes for everyone to get tied in, just like you had to wait till I get tied in. You know, so there are adjustments and you got to be patient with it. You got to figure it all out. So two weeks from now, guess what? We should be very efficient in what we do. I'll be better next time too, Kelly. I promise you on this app. 
you were, you're amazing. I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, being patient and, and rolling with the punches because we definitely uh, threw a lot of challenges at you today on, on this call. So thank you so much again. Uh, and yeah, I look forward again to, to seeing you in person this fall. If you like what you heard from Doug Phillips in our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Two Birds on a Bat, the Blues NHL podcast, and The Drop. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.